Hey, Johnny, are we going to tell anybody out there that this is attempt like number seven to record this podcast? Yeah, maybe we should get one of the clickers. Take seven. Take seven. <laughs> we had microphone issues. We had technical difficulties. I've been plugging in and unplugging USB connections all morning long, trying to get crackle out of the audio. And I figured the best, the, our best solution is for me to wave a mic in front of my face for the next however long this conversation takes. So that's where we're at, everybody. Welcome to Fly the Flag. I'm Mike Ferrasi. This is Johnny Fowler. And we're not the only two dudes you got to put up with this episode. If the cord was longer on my mic, I would hold it too. So you didn't uh, feel <laughs> people were staring at you. Uh, I am doing great. I absolutely am excited. This week has been amazing. Uh, we've got a bunch of new branches coming on. So I'm excited about that. Just got back from uh, Boca Raton, taking one of the new groups down there to meet Matt and John. Beautiful. Time. Uh, and then I've been working with, and there's something I was helping some agents with on the side, get television shows. Um, and there is an agent that I am so lucky. I had about 25 of them within about 15 minutes say, I want to be on the podcast. Awesome. This one is just absolutely wonderful because she is a decade long overnight success, uh, central Oklahoma. I had the benefit of meeting her actually like the week before I came on. With okay. And I listened to her story and like the first year she came out, it was zero and I'm going to let her tell it, but she is just a complete badass in this industry. Well, without further ado, let's welcome Mariah in Calhoun. Mariah Calhor. Hello. How are Hello. you? Good. How are you? Thanks for coming on the pod. Thanks for having me. Now, this is awesome because I'm going to let her go into it more because she's got the real numbers and the details and stuff, but she is probably going to be one of the most aggressive agents you'll ever meet. Uh, she is dominant. If you drive through uh, central Oklahoma, you see her name everywhere. And things that I want to learn from her, how she went from zero to how many ever triple digits she closed in the past year. I want to learn how she went at the, my opinion, incredibly young age of 34, having her own boutique real estate business having uh, a massive amount of agents just being so dominant. I want to hear her story and I want everybody else to hear because it, it's something that is going to spark people. It's going to make people realize I can do this shit myself. Mariah. All right, here we go. Okay. I will make it as short and sweet. No, no. I, I need some details. we got to help some people out out there, right? There's a lot of people floundering right now. So so I, I have, you know, I'm 34 years old. I started in the industry when I was, I want to say 2010 is when I graduated from the University of Oklahoma. Uh, I had no idea what I was going to do. I studied sociology, psychology, psychology, women's studies. And then by the time I got through all of that, I was like, I'm going to have to get my PhD to do any, you know, anything I want to do. I really wanted to be a psychologist for a long time. Um, kind of see what makes people tick, if you will, and how to fix them. Well, that's not the road I went down. I ended up getting a job at a, um, oh, like a management complex, if you will. And so I went from, I don't even remember how much I was getting paid. I, I came in and within months, I was already the manager of a whole bunch of complexes around the metro. And I realized super fast, I hit the cap. 
They're not going to pay me more. I'm not the owner. Um, what am I going to do? I'm super young. Didn't know what I'm going to do. Married to my husband. He's an aeronautical engineer. So he has like his whole life together, right? He's seven, eight years older than me. He's an engineer. Um, and I'm sitting here just like twiddling my thumbs with a college degree I can't use. And so got that job, hit the top fairly quickly. And then um, a couple of the complex owners were like, who is managing this? Because they're phenomenal. I mean, I had a hundred percent booked. Um, people were out if they didn't pay. Like I was just this machine. And um, on slow days, I just sit in my office and organize every drawer, every file. Like it was just like you could come in if you didn't work there, and it would be so streamlined for you to take over, right? I mean, that's just how my that's just how my brain is wired. Um, so they said, "Who's this person? I want to speak with them. I think they would be really good at real estate." funny thing about that is um, my mom, she was a realtor in uh, Norman for a handful of years. She was good. But I mean, it was like your typical um, era where they're like, let me go get a counter offer signed. Let me drive across town, get the wet signature and take it. So, you know, they're pushing just like a handful of deals because it, they're not doing it how we do it today. And never in my life did I ever want to be a realtor. I hated watching it, hearing about it. Um, you know, it's a dog eat dog world. And I was like, I don't want to touch that. So they approached me, asked me if I wanted to get in. My husband said, well, what you're doing now is like going to go anywhere. So you're going to give up five years. I'm like, okay. So we were young, just got married, planning on having babies. Um, I was about, I wouldn't say I was eight or nine months pregnant with my first son. And I'm like, I have no business. I'm not doing anything. And he was like, my husband's like, come on, let's get going. We're not going to sit on Facebook all day. And so I started making these horrible handmade flyers that were just like this word template, um, my name, my number, my brokerage. And I was so pregnant just walking them and taping them on front doors. And I mean, just doing the hustle, you know, where, and, and I'm only doing this because that's what my mom did. And that's what my mom said, you need to do this. So I'm just like, okay, here we go. To this day, I still get calls from that neighborhood that I lived in from that. They just remember me, you know, they just remember me. Um, okay. So that's kind of where. Who it, couldn't remember a pregnant woman walking around a neighborhood, putting up cheesy word processed flyers on front doors. Who wouldn't remember that? And it's one of those things that just goes to show you, if you don't know what to do, just do something. something. Activity. You just, you just Activity. don't know what's going to come of it. So just do something. That's, that's what I tell all of my agents. I'm like, it's not going to come to you. And it took me about a year or two to realize nobody cares that I'm a realtor. Nobody, not a soul. What can I do to serve that? And so I started growing year one and two. I mean, I sold nothing. I, I say I sold nothing, but the first year I want to say my broker said, you handle this for me. I'll pay you like 500 bucks. I'm thinking like, I've hit jackpot, dude. Like, you know, I'm making 500 bucks. This is awesome. Not realizing she's making thousands and I'm doing the work. But <laughs> so anyway, year one, year two, super slow, still trying to get out there. And then it, I got a couple of deals under my belt from just personal sphere. And then I, it just, it just clicked. And I was just like, I got to go ball to wall. Like I have to just regurgitate who I am, what I can do, make it till you make it. Um, and just anywhere I went, I was that person. Oh, you're talking about a house. Here's my card. Oh, Hey, what do you do? Oh, here's my card. Here's my card. 
posted my card. I literally plastered myself anywhere I could think of that was free mm-hmm. until I could get some money in. And then my husband was like, okay, now we're going to take that paycheck and reinvest it into your business. And I'm like, I'm, 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 oh, yes. I want shoes. I want this. You know, I'm like young and I'm like, I'm making money. Let me spend money. He's like, no, 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 no. Let's build your business. So, I mean, honestly, my husband is like, hands down, more than half the reason I am where I am today because he he's helped shape me and build in, in all of this. So, so you're so, saying having grown up supervision helped you? What? that subject, I do want to reverse for a second and say, um, what is he, 42 years old? Yes. Yeah. I, I thought I had my shit together at 42 also. Did you catch that, what she said? He's seven years older than me. He's got his shit together, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It, it wasn't until 54 I realized I don't know a damn thing. I'm just in this world. Oh, that's funny. But, you know, and so then I just started. I remember I was taking him in for a surgery. I think it was a bone spur on his elbow. And then one of the main platforms that has a lot of buyer leads called me. And said, do you want to purchase a few of these leads for, you know, 300 bucks a month? And I looked at him and I was like, oh my God, that is so expensive. But I did it. And so then I start, and a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people love to work their sphere. Um, I like to do it all. So I started investing in any way I could, you know, not a lot, trial and error. I mean, there was a lot that didn't work, a lot that didn't work. But once I could get my momentum, I literally just dominated. And I made, I started making that mindset of, okay, I'm going to take this and I'm going to, you know, sector half of it off for um, quarterly taxes. And this is going to go to marketing and I'm just going to roll with that. And um, I didn't buy anything. I didn't buy anything for a very long time. I, I invested heavily in my name and my business. So by year like four, I'm starting to gradually go up zero six homes, 10 homes, what have you. And then it just started getting to the point where it was like 60 homes a year, 70 homes a year, you know? And I think I hit about like 80, 90 homes a year. And I was like, I'm going to need some help because I I was full-time nights, weekends, holidays, birthdays. Like I never made an excuse as to why I could not provide service for my client. And I think that is one of the number one things realtors do. Oh, it's my birthday. I'm not answering my phone. Oh, bullshit. I'm with my family after four o'clock. Please contact me tomorrow. And I'm just like, call me. I'm here. Like, it takes me two seconds to give you what you need. And, if, you know, that's a whole nother story. So, And that's fine for people who don't ask or complain about why yeah. they're not getting enough business. Right. But when you want to sell and make six figures or more a year by being your own boss, you need to keep your phone on 24-7. You... When people ask how they can find me, I don't really have my business card anymore. I say, Google my name, any which way you connect to me, I'm going to receive it within five minutes. And they're just like, oh my gosh, like this, this is my like pride and joy, like my phone. Um, It's not for everybody. Hey, Mike, did you catch that when she said she's hitting 80 to 90 units a year and she decided she needed help at that point? It's a testament to how much you can actually do on your own. Oh, because because well, okay. how many how many people are sitting there stuck at 20 units a year and talking about how the reason that they can't grow more is because they don't have the help right. at 80 to 90 units a year she decided she needed help 
Yeah. So I ended up hiring um, a family member to be my transaction coordinator. And she, I mean, she was bomb. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not working together anymore, but imagine that. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, it's, a, we agree to disagree. Um, <laughs> and so, but she was like, she is good. Her, her, like, she, she's like me. She's fast. She's on it. Um, you don't have to clean things twice. It was amazing. It was amazing during the, tri- the time that, and um, transaction coordinator, she was helping me. And then, um, I was pregnant with my second son. And the month that he was due, I had about 15 homes pending to close. 15. 15. And I said to my husband, I don't think I want to do this. You're going to have to get your license and finish this out for me. (laughs) So he did. He he lurked himself in his office for two days, went through the entire program, passed with flying colors because he's a freaking engineer. Um, And then he took the state test within a week and he was done. And he took all my files and just handled them. but I, this, this is, I'm bringing this up because so many of my agents and people around me are like, I don't know how, I don't know how to do what you're doing. And I'm like, when I tell you I am on the way to deliver my child, my water broke, and I am at 4.30 in the morning calling my clients saying, hey, we have an appointment today. I'm on my way to the hospital. I'm going to line up somebody else to take care of this for you. Literally 20 minutes after I have him, I called like, congratulations, your house just put under contract. I'm going to have my transaction coordinator send it to you. And she goes, can I cuss? I, I won't say. I was going to say, holy crap. Uh, because, holy crap, Mariah. You, you, uh, I just thought you had your baby. Why are you calling me? And I'm like, who else is going to, who else is going to make this? Happen? And so it's this mindset of taking my personal life and putting it aside but I'm creating this life with my family and they're present with me. So it's not like I'm picking my job up over my family. They're along for the ride and we appreciate it and honor it and recognize they would have what they have without that mindset of me. All right. So I love this. Can, can we talk about work-life balance for a half a second? Because I have a theory about this. Um, I experienced this at the beginning of 2021 when I finally agreed to have all my work crap connected through my phone because before I subscribed to work and work life and family life being the balance. You have to have your work life and then you leave your work at work and then you come home to your family and you have your family life. And when they overlap, they kind of get messy. But it turns out for me that when life just became life and work and family were both a part of it and things started intermingling, everything got real easy because yeah, I'm going to be working for three or four hours on a Saturday. But that's also why I can take my family out to lunch on a Tuesday afternoon once in a while. And like things just get so much easier when you just let work-life balance fall to the wayside and just worry about life being made up of both work and family and personal stuff. Take it from an old guy. I think work-life balance is different for every human being. Um, And I think for the people who don't make excuses for the people who, who get shit done. Uh, they can figure out work-life balance. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. Um, but one of the things, you know, when she said that about making the phone call, I, I, to me, that's just, that's what you do. That's normal. And, and I, but I'm going to tell you, just like Nor says 92% of all agents suck. 92% of the agents out there would have never made that phone call because, you know, all of this and that and golden moment and whatever. But the reality is that somebody's life 
is theoretically, you know, bending or a piece of it off that phone call. And, and it didn't put her in the emergency room right after the phone call. She didn't go into a coma. You know, it's just taking care of business, taking care of your family, uh, that you're starting to see why I'm so impressed with her. So 92%. The, the, the NAR study came out and said that only 8% of real estate agents, customers would ever use them again for a business transaction because of how bad the communication was because of how bad they handled the transaction or because they would not communicate, not bad communication. I guess there's a difference between, you know, uh, I only return phone calls between two and three o'clock in the afternoon and sort of like listing agents where they never answer their phone. That's insane. So go on, Mariah. I want to hear, I want to hear this. Do you have your baby? You made the phone call. Made it happen. And, you know, they were repeat clients. They came back two or three more times. But um, so that is a story I always tell people at my company because just the amount of excuses I always encounter, it's just like, okay, you, you can lead a horse water, you can't make him great. So, um, so now I had my husband and another family member working with me. And then it just kind of got to a point where I was like, okay, I think I, I think I need to start growing a team. So I built a team of about five agents. Um, my husband kind of moved to the position of the CPA or, you know, he was behind the scenes at that point um, here and there showing houses. But I built a team of women and they were dominators. But you watch a cycle. I watch a cycle of people learn from me, get everything they can out of me and then say, peace out, I can do this on my own. So it's so fun to watch them. You know, I've never seen anybody duplicate what I've done. I watched them do something and then kind of say it out, but they're still there. And it's just like, you know, to each their own, whatever. Um, and then I always thought I'd be about five agents deep. That's all I wanted to handle. I didn't want anybody in my bubble. It took me a very long time to realize, even if I were to put my pen, my brain on paper, which I have for the agents at my company, nobody's going to do. Even if I told them, like, well, this 99% of people will not implement it. And they won't make it happen. So it took me a long time to get out of that scarcity mindset, to be honest with you. But um, I wanted only five people to protect my bubble. Well, my thought was, okay, five people, 50 houses each a year, we're good. They couldn't do that. They were like pushing 10, 15 homes, and then I could see them check out. So then I was like, okay, crap. I'm going to have to really grow this. And people are going to have to go at their pace. Very, my husband's like, Remind yourselves, if you found someone like you in your company, they're not going to be working for you. They're going to be opening their own company. So then, okay, so now I'm up to 40 agents and, um, you know, I have maybe one or two of them that sell about 50 homes a year. The rest are at a slower rate or pace and it's fine, but I mean, it was from zero to 60 I feel fast, but it was a long sleep, a decade long of sleep getting that overnight success. But, um, you know, I don't want to talk your ear off forever, but it's just one of those things that. No, I want to hear it. So that one of the things that you were talking about and Mike and I have seen it over the years, uh, me for 28 years in this business is people think that they can replicate you. Uh, if I hang around with you for 30, 60, 90 days and see what it is you can do, I can go do it myself. But what you can't do is you can't take that DNA, put it inside of them and give them the work ethic, give them the ability to give up everything 
to be able to make something happen. Now, what I do love about your story and what I do love about how, how you put yours together is you've got a home for top performing agents. You've got a business and a home for you who is obviously, uh, if you're not number one in your area, you've got to be within you know one unit of being number one. Um, but I've got the ability, let's say I only need to close one transaction a month. I've got the ability, as long as we match, to go work for you, learn from you, close my one transaction, and I'm at one of the top agencies there is in your state, period, and I get the benefit of using your name, your systems, things like that. I love how you've built your system, and I, I love how, you know, the inclusive that you do now I'm, I'm assuming that there are no lazy agents inside of your system i don't see you tolerating or putting up with that but i do love the idea not everybody can be a barry bonds not everybody can be uh you know an altuve so i love the fact that you've got this and you open the system if it was only five that's one of the things i would kind of count against you is um you know, she's so stuck on herself that she won't even help other people. But it's if, if, if it's 40 and I love again, you know, I love driving through central Oklahoma and I see your name everywhere. In a labor loves. I like the I like the concept that not everybody has to be a heavy hitter because there's a lot there's a lot of meaning in helping people attain the level of success that they want to attain. Amen. Not everybody wants to be that 80 unit a year person. Some people feel like that is an unhealthy work-life balance for yeah. them or something like that. Some people are really comfortable in that 12 to 15, 20 units a year. So giving them access to the same type of tools and resources that somebody who does want to be that 100 plus unit a year person can have access to is that's super, it's crazy valuable. Absolutely. I, I created, you know, I'm getting recruited very heavily by some bigger brokerages on we have all this. And I'm like, great, I have created all of that. I have all of that in the way I want it and the way it works for me, so I don't need it. Um, but I've kind of created an a la carte brokerage, if you will. So I have different levels of different players based off of that now. And so um, kind of depending on where they're at and what they qualify for, I'll move them up in the system and kind of reward them a little bit. And so that's what's working for us right now, for sure. So one of the awesome. things I want you to do going forward, period, no ifs, ands, or buts, when all these other agencies are recruiting you and talking to you, I want you to think about this one thing. Are they in it for them or are they in it for you? And if they're in it for them, it will never work out for you because they only care about you. They, I'm sorry, they only care yeah. about themselves. And there's a ton of them out there. And and they will. They'll dangle things in, in you know, we get this service cheaper and all of those things. You've already built a hell of a system. So if they are not putting something together that is for you, you'll never be happy. Right. I completely agree with that statement because that's the one thing I question. I always say to them, why would I ever leave my name where I am getting 100% of the profit and turn around and pay it towards you guys to get maybe the same tools, if not, you know, and they never... They never have a, a statement to give back to me. One person said, well, you just need to learn how to cut your ego loose and you'll be so much happier here. And I was like, 
I don't think it's anything ego at this point because I'm not out there selling myself. If somebody contacts me, guess who's getting that? One of my 40 agents who qualify. You know, I, I was kind of teetering until you said that really nasty comment about my ego. Now I'm sold. I'm on my way. Change the signs. What a jackass thing to say. It's funny. It's funny how somebody can look at someone who's built a strong personal brand and view that as ego. It's beyond me. The things I've heard over the years about me are quite, you know, I struggled with it for a very long time, but it honestly gave me the motivation. Like six years ago when I was pregnant with my second son or seven years ago, I said, I want a TV show. I want to show all these people what I'm really like. So it's been a, it's been a thing I've worked on for me. I'm like, I want to show people what I'm really like versus what people think I'm like. Because I'm a very business dominated woman, you know, like my mindset is just one. I just love business, you know. Fire breathing dragon. That's what's going to come out of the television show. Can we love talk it. about, can we talk about TV? Oh, absolutely. I can give you a little tailspin of anything. That'd so be great. I, I just, uh, She's got a couple of things. She's been doing this for quite some while. Uh, she's been putting together promos. She's been putting together really good. Matter of fact, if you want to, if you would at the end, Mariah, give your information how they can find you. But sure. uh, she's been doing this. Well, I put up a post the other day. Uh, one of the things that I'm doing, is I'm helping a friend of mine uh, put a television show together. And um, one of the things that he said, or the guy who owns the, the television station, said is if you know anybody else that this would benefit if you know anybody else that you would sign off stamp your name on that would do this that wants a television show i will give them that chance to have a television show so i put up a little post about it and within i don't know it took her quite a while it was somewhere between half a second and three quarters of a second after <laughs> i get her, i got this thing that said me 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 and made the introduction now, uh, it did take about two business days to get schedules to meet up, but I, I think they met at like 4.30 in the morning or something on a Zoom meeting. And so talk about that a little bit, if you would, Mariah. I, I sure will. So so this particular, um, well, I'll kind of rewind. So yeah. how many years ago it was, I one of my friends reached out and he was like, hey, I work for Tiny House Hunters. Um, you're one of my best friends growing up. You're killing it. I want you on it. And I'm like, I don't have any pretty helpers. So then it, it flipped over to regular house hunters and, um, every person that applied with me, cause you know, it's more so about the client than it is about the realtor. So I was in the door every time, but they always denied the person on level two or three through the universe, interview process. So then it got to a point where I was getting antsy and I'm like, I just want to create my own thing. Cause this isn't working. So. I started connecting with producers. Um, they kept calling me with show ideas. And one of them, they were like, let's do Lake House Lives. And I'm like, the only thing I have at our lake where I'm at are dead bodies. That's not going to work. Like, it's not what you guys want to see. And they were, you know, so it just kept going through this, right? So then, you know, years would go by and it was trial and error. And then finally about a year and a half ago, I uh, came across a producer who was like, we love you. You know, he's got a couple of big shows on um, HGTV and he was like, we're flying out. Let's film a sizzle. So we did a sizzle. Um, they were like, this is amazing. We love you. We'll get back with you once we hear back from the network. And then maybe six months later, he was like, hey, listen, you look too much like one of the girls we have going right now. Um, if you have a different concept idea, like let me know. And I'm, I'm sitting there scratching my head, like, well, first of all, let's cut my hair if that's a problem. 
Uh, you want it blue? Let's dye it blue. What have you? <laughs> and and the person you're speaking of, she's not even in real estate. She owns a coffee shop, and you have her on HGTV. So I don't know. Do you want a powerhouse broker who could show you the ropes of all of these things, or the coffee shop queen? So anyway, I was butt hurt. Obviously, still am. And uh, hey, yeah. Uh, so that ship kind of sailed, and then I connected with another company who has Reveal Network and. Um, I'm still with them. It's called The Negotiators. It's a much smaller platform, but they're growing. And, you know, they're in season, I think season three. And I've been with them since they started. And so they were like, you know what? You've just like hung in there for a year. We love you. We're flying out. Let's film a couple episodes. So I did mind filming in August. It'll air in January. So that's a really fun project. It's just not like, you know, it's just not out there much yet. It will. I mean, it takes time for these things. And, um, then another show reached out to me maybe a month ago and they said, Hey, we're looking for a TV host for your area. Yada, yada. I went through the interview. I signed up. I see between the lines and I'm like, I don't think this is what I want it to be. So I am going to rescind from that project. Um, I have not really, you know, announced it, but whatever, you know, it, it, it's neither here nor there, but um, then when I saw Johnny's post and yeah, I mean, I attacked you in like two seconds. Like, Dude, I'm here. It's me. I'm who you're looking for. Um, that was the wheelhouse that I was looking for. And so when I met with them and they were like, yes, we love you. Let's do this. I'm like, this is everything I've been trying to create for six years and I couldn't find the right person or, or place. And so that right there, I said, I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to pull out of, you know, one of these other projects, devote everything to this, um, because I can't tell you how many producers producers have been like, you have something, we're just not there yet to to be the one to do it with you. And then I'm like, okay, then I'm going to do it myself and I'll figure it out. Um, but the pieces have fallen into place. And so I'm really excited about this new television show. My problem is I have well, to- You're going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm in. Like, I'm all in. I, I've signed up and I like- we're all under contract. And so I have to figure out a title. You know, that's my, that's my next thing is name from the show, making it make sense. Um, there we go. Making it make sense. Let's do that. Because it's going to be a little bit about, you know, uh, real estate. I have a wedding venue. Um, my brother owns a landscaping business and we're wired the same way. And I'm like, how fun would that be? to have these two siblings that are just like entrepreneurs who just pour into everything they open up and just teach people how to do it while navigating. Um, for, for me personally, I have dealt with anxiety my majority of my life, like debilitating to the point where, you know, you're, you're panicking because you can't breathe right, but you can't breathe right, you know, just silly stuff. And I wouldn't because people always are like, oh, you're so intimidating. I didn't want to talk to you. I'm like, did you realize I was just trying to keep myself standing up straight without passing out because I'm so nervous? Like, I put my pants on the same way you do. And I just want to put that out there. Like, I am not anything. I'm not any more special than anyone. I just really stick my nose to the grindstone and work. And I give full credit to my dad every time I went to him in high school or middle school. I said, dad, I don't understand this. Can you explain this to me? The one thing he'd say to me is, no, you need to go look it up, read it yourself, come back to me, explain it to me, and then I will let you know if you understand. So unfortunately, that is how I handle a lot of my agents. And I know they're like, man, she's a pain in the ass. But I'm like, I need, I can't just tell you everything. I, I have to guide you and you have to learn it and soak it and then come back to me and we'll go through it. 
Sorry, that was a long tangent. No, 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 no. no, no. I love that. That's great. So, um, especially the the honesty about, you know, that's one of the things, especially with overnight successes that, that people think is that you have all your shit together, that there's never a moment that you, uh, are anxious. There's never a moment that you think people are looking at you, pointing at you, talking about you. Um, you know, those are the things that I, over the years, you know, I, I've caught those myself, people saying things like that. And it's like, hell no, I'm just too stupid to not pay attention when I fail. And I, I just taught myself years ago that failure is just part of success. And the only people that I ever see that are not failing are the people who are sitting on their ass, not doing anything that have never, ever accomplished anything in their life. Right. And those are the ones sitting in mom's basement talking shit about the others. Successful people will always build up successful people. Successful people will always help successful people. And they'll tell you exactly what they did to get there. And they'll tell you this. I can't believe that I got up on stage one time and did this and it worked because I knew everyone was going to, you know, it, it's those things. So I, I am so happy and so proud for you. I appreciate that. So I'll keep you posted on this uh, little TV journey because I'm pretty much just going to turn my life into a little movie that people can watch and maybe turn it into a book. I'm not quite there yet. I've had a lot of people ask me to write a book and I'm like, please write a book. Like I'm, I got it. And if you know how, then let's do it. Cause I'm, I know I have a lot to give and I don't realize my husband's always like you, you, you don't realize who you are. And I, you know, if I can, and be that's a- probably I'm one of your best qualities, right? I don't know. <laughs> I'm Amazon best-selling author. Yeah. Trust me, you can. Yeah. Uh, just add it to the list. <laughs> uh, the cool thing about it is I never typed a word. I just talked into the bottom of this thing. It's amazing. Had it transcribed. It's kind of funny. Um, I'll check we, it out. We uh, we had uh, one of the people that I work with. His name is Charles Ham, and he's the one. Okay. Yeah. So at 76 years old, he decided he wanted to be a best-selling author. Good. And he wrote a freaking book at 76. And at 77, he became a number one international best-selling author in 12 countries at 77 years of age. That's I mean, amazing. Yeah, yeah, incredible. And that's the stuff that keeps me going. You know what I mean? Like, we were talking about technology this morning when he was here, and uh, he he still doesn't understand exactly how this television show that he produced, you know, how it works. And I'm trying to explain to him. I said, do you have a smart TV? And he goes, I don't know. And I said, okay. So I'm trying to explain, you know, what it looks like. And I said, so when you go to your television, does sometimes it have apps and you can go in and it says Hulu or Netflix or something like that? He goes, it happens every once in a while right after a storm. And we can't figure out how to get that off. So we just turn everything off and it comes back up with the cable. I wish to help him. Oh, that's so sweet though. I, but I mean, those are the stories that'll get people going because, you know, a lot of my friends that I grew up with, they're still serving and they're still, you know, they're just still kind of stuck in that rotation. And I'm like, listen, get out there and do this. Like you can do this. It's easy to get stuck. Everybody needs their own kind of wake up call, right? Absolutely. I do have a question, though, before we let you go, sure. because, I mean, we're mortgage people. This, at, at the core, this is a mortgage podcast. We yeah. can't have a broker of your caliber on without asking you for 
for for a little bit of help. There's a lot of mortgage people out there trying to grow their centers of influence, trying to build relationships with realtors and brokers and things like that. When it comes to a trusted partnership or relationship with a lender, what are you looking for? Both to let them in the door and to actually give them a shot. Answer your phone. And lead distribution is a two-way street. Amen. That's, I think, my biggest hiccup is so many people would try so hard to get my business. Send, send me somebody. I'm, I'm happy to show. They, they don't start out with, I'm so happy to show you how I can work. I'd love to work with your clients. Send them my way. And I'd always come back with, when you can send me somebody, I am happy to show how we can work together. It took a while to get there. But, um, and then those follow through. I understand it's not as easy to get, you know, buyers on your side to flip to people. I get that. But at the same time, like the same breath, I'm over here trying to mad hustle and find somebody. Why aren't you? So, um, and answering phones. I mean, that that's, that's the fastest way to my heart. And it's, you see that I've called or texted and you can just say, Hey, I've received it. I'll get right back with you. Great. Cool. Totally fine. Don't remember if it was you, but I had one of the real estate agents in my class say this before, and I absolutely took it because you, you know, when I talk about how building your syndicate, because I'm sick of real estate agents giving business away to people who never bring any value to their life. And I don't remember if it was you. Tell me if it was you, but somebody said this when I'm talking about that and I'm talking about a syndicate and making everybody work with you and be part of your marketing team. There was an agent one time that said, uh, Sure, we can work together. Send me a deal and we'll work on it together. And it was like, yes, you know, I'm so glad that finally an agent said, yeah, you need to reciprocate. You need to help me also. And then, yes, of course, I will help you. Instead of that, just give me, give me, give me, give me crap all the time. It's really interesting because I hear the same thing from good loan officers who are working with apparently 92% of the agents in the country. Is that the leads go both ways. I hear a lot of loan officers say, oh yeah, I try to build all these, these real estate relationships and I refer buyers to them, but I never get anything back. And then you're over there saying the same, it seems like we just got to, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe go the extra mile, put a little more week work into matching up the good ones with the good ones. And then everybody will be taken care of. A lot of it is a system also, because after I send, after I send Mariah the Smith loan, uh, and have them go look out, then I need to follow up and see, is she taking, because I owe it to the Smiths, not to Mariah. I owe it to the Smiths. Did I give them a good agent or is this agent communicating? Is this agent taking them out? Is this agent listening to them? Are they saying they want 10 acres and she keeps showing them high rises and I need to follow up on this system also. I've heard that referred to in a very specific way before. I think it's called caring. Is that those things from back in the eighties? Those caring? <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I think that I think like caring and 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 being empathetic towards actual people who are buying actual homes for their families to live in. Yeah. I think that might be the key. And one of my this may just be me, but I will tell you, I don't want coffee dates. I don't want lunch dates. I don't. I don't need. I don't need to be wined and dined. Like you know, the amount of. Uh, People who have tried to meet me for coffee, I'm like, you're actually me more for by taking me away from my work and my realtors and my clients by sitting there for an hour and making me listen to your product. I don't care. Like, Motai producers don't care about that. Mm-hmm. So, so just- here's a question for you. 
So I'm assuming right now you probably have, it, it, just give me a rough number. How many um, preferred mortgage people do you have? Probably about five. Okay. So those five answer your phone calls. You know, trust them. You know that the deal's going to get done. Is now, this is just from the outside looking in. Is it possible to get in or is it respectful to say, thank you very much? I'll follow up with you for 90 days. Tell me what it is from you when somebody new wants to come. Um, I'm always like, yeah, it, I mean, we have a deal. Let's work it. Um, I'm never, I used to be, okay, rewind. So when I was growing and I had a couple of lenders who were helping me, you know, we were marketing together. I learned really fast that they were possessive over me. So the moment they found out I closed a deal from somebody else, but it wasn't, you know, a product of us, they would freak out. So with that, I got to a point where I was like, I'm never going to put myself in a box again. I have so much business. I will never turn somebody down unless they're doing it the wrong way, right? Where they're just like nipping at my heels and they're not really bringing anything to the table for me and asking everything from me. Um, but no, I mean, every day when, if there's somebody cool and we jive and I'm like, yeah, here's my entire roster of all of my agents have at it, CC me on it. Um, let them know I want you guys to meet because we've got more than enough. I mean, not one person can handle our workload at this point. I mean, I'm on average getting like two to three, 200 to 300 leads a month right now. That is more than like my agents are able to catch up with right now. So Yeah. It's it's a it's an open door. I'm not I'm not exclusive because I mean that that does nobody any good. A hundred percent agree. I, that's what I was hoping you would say. Uh, I wasn't sure because um, I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, but you come across as being very controlling. So uh, I wasn't sure if that was what the thing was. But I, I, I'm really happy to hear what you said because not only it's products and different things like that, but um, you know. Things happen in life, and I think we need that variety, that array, yeah. um, because there's going to be some lender that's got the most amazing one-time close construction to perm, and none of the other guys really have it kind of thing, that it fits one thing. But as long as that person has been respectful, as long as that one person has been you know, reciprocating, and yeah, they deserve a shot. Yep. Yeah. I'm a people person. I, I like people. So new people, yes. But uh, I love that. I am controlling. <laughs> really? That, I, I just threw that out there. I didn't realize that it came across that way. Yeah, no, I really am, man. He's like, yeah, tongue in cheek. Um, actually, a lot of agents, when they come to my brokerage, they're like, well, I heard that you, like, people are scared of me. And I'm like, I'm just here to make everybody money. I don't know what they're scared of. But um, they're like, well, I heard that we can only use this person or we could only use here. And I'm like, no, I tell you my top choices. And I'm like, this is in your best interest, but you may walk through the fire if you want to. And then nine times out of 10, they come back. Okay, who's your preferred list? So, but I let people find out on their own. So, Mike, I got to tell you this story real quick. When I met Mariah, um, I, I was introduced to her without ever meeting her from uh, a loan officer that worked for me. And he was just telling me everything. And, and I kind of thought he was kind of embellishing, building it up a little bit. And then I look at MMI and I'm like, oh, shit. 
And then I start looking and there's there's ways that we can look and see production, not only production, but you can go and and just type in, you know, in the Googler will tell you everything. So then he calls me up and says, uh, Mariah agreed to come to your class. And I don't have to prove anything to anybody. So I didn't care if she was coming or not. It meant nothing to me. Right. But he said that she was coming, but she was only to stay until lunchtime, blah, 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 blah. And uh, then the other thing, when I got there that morning, he said, he points her out to me and he says, uh, now she probably won't stay here very long and she'll probably be on the phone the whole time, blah, 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 blah. And I think, oh, here we go. It's another one of these freaking millennials, that, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And it was so, I had such a good time because one, she asked more questions than anybody else in there. And it was true wanting to know and learn, but she never left at lunchtime. She did not disrupt. She did not stay on her phone. She showed me the respect that, that somebody traveling, you know, whatever it was, 400 miles deserved kind of thing. And it was so cool watching her as a leader, not, she wasn't in a leadership role, but watching her as a leader in that group of other agents. And I will tell you this, everybody, no matter what, and I may get some hate mail off of this and I really don't care. Other agents that were in there, uh, they all look up to her and respect her. And it is, it's, it's one of those kind of funny things. If Mariah puts a raccoon tail on her uh, antenna on her car, then the other agents in the city are going to put a raccoon tail on the antenna of her car. Got a deal. So it was, it was really cool seeing from what I was told was going to happen and what actually happened and how she handled herself. Um, she has a fan forever. Oh, I appreciate that. I'm very misunderstood. Like in life. I don't know if you're misunderstood, you know, because well, you're like my queen bee attitude, right? <laughs> I've had a couple of things thrown my way that I'm like, wait, they said what? Like That's what the TV show's for, right? That is exactly Clear it all up. Don't Clear use the way. word peasants in your TV show. As long as you're talking about us, like you're on a podcast today with a couple of peasants, like we get it. That's fine. I love it. No, this is so great. I appreciate you guys um, even considering me to come on here for sure. I can just see that. Absolutely. Yeah. Just wait. Just, just 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 wait to see the exposure she gets from all of our listener. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's not true. Carlos <laughs> and Donovan both. <laughs> and mom. And mom. And mom. I was going to yeah. count mom. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. My mom, has a <laughs> My mom's not on LinkedIn and she hadn't figured out the podcast thing. But, uh, I'll tell her about it. Yeah. That's good. Good uh, stuff. I appreciate you being on here so much. And uh, uh, if you guys would uh, send friend requests to each other or whatever, yep. uh, I, I want you to see what she does. I want you to pay attention because this is stuff that we can take and give to other agents also. Love it. Absolutely. The connection request has already been sent on LinkedIn. Oh, I love it. Cool. Right. You're like, Oh, some people can't send it sometimes and like get in there and delete. No, you got to get in there because you're, you, you have creator mode turned on like mine. So you have to go to the full profile and click the more button. And you, you really got to find the connect button if you want to do more than follow somebody, but it's still there. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. And the people who have sent a request. <laughs> yeah. Multi-button click process, but I feel like it's worth it here. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys. This is great. Can't wait to see it. Awesome. Thanks so much for being with us, Mariah. We appreciate it. Have a good one. I'll appreciate you too. Talk to you later, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.